Hello and welcome into a new episode. It is Scarves Up! I'm your host Nathaniel Maymoudis and why do I always say that? I'm Nat Maymoudis. We are going casual this week on Scarves Up. We have three games to get to and joining me as always you know him, you love him, David Maymoudis. How are you doing? Doing great. Back in the same space for the first time in a while. Um, excited to get into these three games. And then also the Euros are happening right now. I guess also Copa America is happening, happening right now. But uh, we don't care about that. Um, and the Euros have been just a tad more entertaining. Um, but let's get into the Sounders games from where we left off. Uh, after the break for the Nations League, MOS returned on the 19th. Sounders playing the LA Galaxy. And Sounders went down and took care of business. Uh, Dave Mamus, what was your thought on the lineup? Coming off the international break, of course, Raul Roy Diaz. Um, he, it was announced that he was... Uh, not going to be going to, uh, uh, he that he would not be going to Copa America. So right, Peru's loss there. is definitely our gain. Uh, the other big news in the lineup was uh, uh, Ab Sissoko uh, making his debut in place of Nuhu, who still is not back from what we hope is still thinking of as a minor injury. And ov- and obviously Shane O'Neill. Uh, continued to start because we do have one Sounders player who is at Copa America, and that is Ariaga. Um, and uh, I believe they made it out of yeah. They are the still group, so still they're in still it. in heading to the semifinals. I believe. Uh, who are they playing? Do you know? Who, I do not remember who are playing. So here you you some f- chance of him getting back by July seventh. I believe. We'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, do, do you want to ch- check out who, who he's coming up uh, right now? Uh, as we look at that, as we continue to go over uh, the LA Galaxy game, the first part of this game didn't start um, as the Sounders would have hoped as the Galaxy got the lead uh, after a penalty, which was converted by Sasha Kleston um, because... The Sounders, uh, still in this game, continued to not let in a a goal in open play. Thoughts on this penalty kick decision? There is contact. Paolo did make contact with Chicharito, but... There is contact. Chicharito is throwing himself at the ground at any opportunity, but he's good at throwing himself at the ground. And I guess the lesson is, you know, don't make contact with anyone in the box, especially someone who is good at flopping. Yeah, um, definitely. Like with VAR, there was there's no chance that this was going to um, get overturned, even though this was a huge dive. Um, there's no doubt about that. 
but because there is just con some if there's any amount of contact then VAR is not going to change it because of the clear and obvious rules and there there's times that's good but then then there's times where where it's annoying and obviously uh, what I'd like to see is some disciplinary committee you know sort of go back and complain even, about his yeah, behavior yes even I do think that's true even if um uh, even if the player did get fouled, um, diving does not make the game better. Uh, so for for this play, Chicharito, yes, he he should get fined. He should get a yellow card um, for the play. Um, and the foul uh, has to be based on the amount of contact, not the where the player heads after that contact. This is an interesting question. Um, could... Um, are there times where the referee could still give a penalty but also give a yellow card? I think there are, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. It's sort of a good point. If there's exaggeration, then the referee really should do that. Admit that the foul took place, but then say, you know, yes, he did poke you, but he didn't poke you in your eyes. So why were you covering your face quite like that? And this is pretty much... Uh, it, it It is the definition of that, since... There is contact again, but Chicharito takes three steps and then falls down rather dramatically. So, um, unfortunate, um, though he still hasn't scored against the Sound, or I guess I think he did score once last season, but this year he still hasn't scored because Sasa Klesin steps up and he converted the penalty and obviously, the Sounders just about the only team in the league keeping Chicharito from scoring because he's currently ahead in the Golden Boot race. Yeah, and if we look at the uh, stats from this game, the Sounders led the Galaxy 11 to 6 on shots, 7 shots on goal to the Galaxy's 2. So it was another, um, it was another um, game in which uh, the Sounders limited Chicharito. He wasn't able to get um, any clear chances and he had to rely on just falling down. Um, and it just shows how good um, our defense is, uh, has been playing this year, um, uh, and how under, uh, definitely an underrated. Uh, defense in an underrated team, even even though we remain at the top of the uh, power rankings, somehow our team is still underrated. Uh, makes no sense. It's just well, it seems like the reason is that people were expecting us to struggle without Morris and without Ladero, and when we're not, we're still going to be treated as that. So. Anyway, moving on um, from 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 uh, that. You know, you've that only topic talked about the penalties, bit. so you know at that point yes. the Sounders are down one zero, um, even though they've you know had the majority of the play. Um, and and then then we get a, a headed goal by Yamar. Uh, obviously, we love to see this. It's his third goal for the Sounders, all coming on set pieces. Uh, thoughts on this goal? An excellent header, a lot of power there. I would not have wanted to be the keeper trying to block that. And yeah, we got a lot of tall people on the team, but completely unmarked uh, 
on on this on this play and gets the ball fairly. Beats Bond, who's been um, a great keeper for the Galaxy uh, this season. Uh, but uh, and and he's not to blame here. It's it's about the Galaxy defense, which is which the reason the Galaxy are not a top level team still is because their defense is absolute shit. Uh, and it hasn't been good since 2014. They that's when they haven't been good since. Um, and then, since since they had since they had Donovan, they have not been good. Uh, then later on, the Sounders would take the lead in the second half. Raul Diaz doing the uh, well, doing cl- cleaning it up. No, this was Roldan's goal. Uh, no, and sorry, Rudy's no, goal. No, right. this was Roy, sorry. Rod, Rodan would he would score later. Yep. Um, but this was this was Rodriguez. Um and another great play by Yamar. Yamar practically gets an assist with a nice uh, flick mm-hmm. on, um, and the shot the the first shot was taken by by Rodan. Okay. Uh, so you're so you right. But um, Raul Diaz doing what a good forward does. He's right by the goal and cleans it In the it right up. place at the wrong time. At the right time, two two feet away from the goal line, pokes it in. Sounders finishing this game um, with uh, the possession was sixty forty to the Galaxy, uh, which surprises me um, since we we like to be the team that possesses the I mean, ball obviously. by and large we kept them out of dangerous places near the goal but yeah, Cleveland I, did have to make I a don't, few saves I don't really remember them having many chances but but Cleveland was called upon um, uh, a couple times but nothing very dangerous obviously they only had two shots on goal um, not sure if the shots on goal uh, counts the penalty uh but only, but both teams only had two blocked shots. Um, so also both keepers not very, very active. So obviously with Rahul, um, with Rahul coming in, uh, to keep his spot after not going to Copa America, uh, we we were back to who's gonna play next to him. We thought maybe it was gonna we were gonna see more of Montero and Bruin. Uh, and Montero started this game just like in the Austin game. What have your thoughts been of Montero versus Bruin? Obviously, the other two games, Bruin got the start, but Montero came in. We still have not seen all three of them on the field at the same time. Would you like to see that, or who do you think deserves the spot right now? So far, I've been much more impressed by Bruin. You know, Montero just hasn't come with as much energy as I'd like to see him. You know, he has the ability to move. He has the ability to put the ball where he wants it. But, you know, Bruin just does so much work to, you know, hold up balls, to go put pressure on players, and just to generally be a nuisance to the back line that I think we lose a lot when we don't have him there, as good as Montero can be. Yeah, and I agree. Like, Bruin is like, he's he's a tall forward and he always looks like he has energy montero is the way we're like he 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 thinks of himself as 
a good soccer player. I think he th- he thinks he's better than he is now. And now, I I still think he's good. I I was never someone who was like, why are we bringing back Montero? Uh, I think he's a good player, and obviously he scored he scored goals for us off the bench this season, which has been good. But so far, recently. When he's been on the team for a long amount of time, he has not performed. He has looked tired. He hasn't had so many chances. And he hasn't really been playing very... He's been been staying back. I think he's also somebody who could benefit a lot from the energy of Ladero on the field. I I agree because... He's not going to disrupt the defense by himself. But if the Sounders had a little more pace doing that, then he could clean up... You know, go into the spaces that are left by that, but he he isn't going to bang into people and make his own spaces in the way that Bruin can, and he doesn't have the energy to just outrun and outwork people the way Christian Roldan has been doing. So we have, so when Nadero comes back, I do think it will be better because, in, especially in this last game against Vancouver, um, he obviously he came on when we needed a goal, um. And this is one reason, especially when we need a goal, since we're losing two one. We'll get to play. We'll get to those in a in a second. But when we're already losing, um, why are we taking up Will Bruin? Uh, we we're we're playing five at the back. We have the we have the strength that we should just move to the four and play them both up top. And but in that game, in this was one of the first times where Montero didn't sit back and play more of like the cam role um, and he stayed up and played forward and while he didn't really have a clear chance in the game I thought he was playing better than when he had been dropping off Um, uh, uh, because while he does have the power to put in a good ball um, it's been it hasn't been an every time thing um, recently uh, which is one reason um, for why I'm, I'm also on the Bruin the Bruin train right now. But I think we will, you know, a lot of season to go. I think Montero will have his moments. So obviously, when Ladero comes back, I do think since he tends to occupy, he would be occupying where Montero keeps going back to instead of playing forward. I do think that will force Montero to stay up. Uh, but obviously, uh, with Will Bruin, he he has more height. He has more strength. Uh, he it'd be interesting to see just a, a flat out race between Montero and Bruin these days because Montero is not as fast as he used to be. So, who do you right, think? Who do you think is winning? Is very that? different than than sprinting speed. So who, who do you think is winning that? Right I now? would guess that Montero wins the shuttle run. You know, or or a straight out sprint. Um, but I think if you looked but at the statistics about who covers more ground during a game, um, I think you'd find it was Bruin. I do agree. And I, the people people need to give Will Bruin a break. Yes, he hasn't scored, but he has had chances. He he is definitely he he definitely does not he definitely has interest in scoring he wants to score when he finally scores this season he's going to be excited we're going to get to see his great smile he's going to do the airplane it's going to be a party um and it's going to happen soon one of these chances is going to happen but until then he's still providing uh if we're losing we shouldn't be taking him off the field 
So he can maybe get that goal sooner. Um, and if not, then he'll get another assist. But again, which it makes sense have. to bring in Montero, uh, Montero, and it makes sense that you don't want to lose Rui Diaz. Exactly. But I think you're right that it would be interesting to see going down one defender. And yes, especially. I, I, um, yeah. If I'm the coach, I'm taking off O'Neal. Um, if it's a, if it's a very, if it's are completely. But obviously, we're you know, luckily the Sounders haven't been behind very much and haven't really had to chase a game that way. So we haven't had to see the emergency, let's get goals at all costs offense. So before we move on to our, so I had you, did, did you find out who uh, other defender has to face? Um, yes, uh, Ecuador is playing a team that I, I think might be pretty good. Um, it's Argentina. Do they have anyone special who plays for them? Ooh, I'm not sure about that. Uh so anyway, I mean, Disney maybe maybe that's why there's they're seen as being a relatively good chance that um, Messi will be, you know, may come through and you know send the Ecuadorian team back home. In which case, there's a chance that Ariaga could be available as soon as July seventh. Well, see, maybe it's a good th- thing. It's not that we don't like Ariaga, but uh, if he's going to come on and get a red card, then uh, maybe he should uh, stay at Copa America a little longer. Uh, but moving on to the game um, against RSL, uh, a midweek game, RSL, I feel like the team is the team that everyone forgets about in MOS, especially in a year where we have an odd number of teams. They're the team that it feels like when all the teams are playing, they're the team that gets left left out. Especially um, now that they're renting their stadium out to our Cascadia rival. Exactly, um, and obviously a funny team that doesn't have many fans when they when they play in our when they've been playing at uh, Rio Tinto in the past year, the number of fans has looked the same as always because they always have a limited number of fans. Built-in social distancing, distancing there, uh, but. Well, for this game, not many changes uh, uh, to the lineup except for Madronda got the, his first. Uh, I guess this is his second start, I believe. Uh, in in place of Brad. His first start, I believe. Okay, it is his first start. Uh, Sissoko's uh, second start. Um, uh, and this one was at home at Lumen Field. Uh, and I thought both of those players um, played really well. I thought Madronda looked great. Obviously, uh, we've talked about a lot before that Brad Smith has been probably the weakest player in our in our team, and that's saying something because he has been scoring goals, um, yeah, and up, it just and shows how good the other players have been playing. Um, and uh, this, he he comes, uh, so he he's in, and then also, uh, I thought Kellen Rowe played great, uh, and Kellen Rowe's uh, his his run of games has come to an end as Atencio has uh, returned uh, to full fitness, and he came in 
he came in as a sub in the RSL game and then started the game against Vancouver. But Sissoko and Madrondo on the left side, I thought they worked really well together. I think they had a lot of energy, and I, I was excited to see them play well. Uh, the first goal um, against RSL was... was now, now you are right. It was Rodon. This was Rodon following up Will right, Bruin's playing, chance. Laying off to Bruin. Bruin making a great run through the middle and taking a good shot. Uh, unfortunate I'm, to have it saved by the keeper, but yes. it comes right back out to Rodon we who finishes. Wanted it. We wanted him to finish this, um, but uh, good from Rodon to, uh, to clean it up and put it in. Then the Sounders would give away another penalty because no team can score on us. From open play. Uh, and Cleveland comes off his line. Um, a little unwisely. Yeah. Comes and dives and doesn't quite get to the ball. So in both this game and in the Vancouver game, he's he came off his line very abruptly. Um, and especially in this RSL, uh, the penalty that was given against RSL, uh, Against Vancouver, he didn't give away a penalty. But against RSL, um, again, it's something that VAR is never going to uh, reverse, when, especially Right, you miss the ball and there's contact there's with the contact, forward. And it's, and it's one of those annoying ones because just let your defense have it. The player's going away from goal. So we get back into the into my theory about you shouldn't uh, – if – the player is dribbling away from goal, then they shouldn't get to bring the ball all the way to the center of the penalty spot. It should be from right there. And then it's I an interesting idea. That the, we've we've, we've penalty, talked about this a lot. From the corner the of penalty the kick from wherever it is in the box, still only the kicker and the keeper in the box, um, would lead to so many more interesting plays. It would be interesting to imagine everybody at the edge of the D. Everyone, yes. I guess they wouldn't be at the edge of the D. They'd be 10, ten yards from... From the spot. So there'd but be a they, giant But they line still of, have to be out of the box. Right, there'd be a giant line of players at the box and then trying to put a cross in while a line of 12 players all... Well, it's also like sometimes when with, with shootouts... We talk about shootouts, it's like you go for placement or you go for power. Right. So it's the same thing. But, sometimes... Some person might uh, might just blast it. Right, but I'm just sort of picturing if you have one, you know, on the on the touchline. Yeah. Um, but then it would be a cross. And then it would be still, a cross. That's more interesting. Yeah. And and it's and it's going to be about players timing their run. So imagine like if the if the ball is is placed like pretty close to the the goal line. Uh, and the edge of the 18, someone crosses it in, and like, or like the, and they they are timing their run up with someone who's starting outside of the 18, yep. running in, who starts at a full a full sprint. So then, by the time the ball's played, they're in the box. Yep. I'm surprised. That's another thing. I'm surprised you don't see that more often. Someone is trying to time it where they run instead of doing that well maybe in some game you're refereeing that you can just try to convince everyone that's what the rule is and they should play it that way yeah we'll we'll, we'll see about that okay um but again um so back it, to this it's game a, penalty. a few too many penalty kicks it's a penalty um uh and it was 
not, not much that Stephen Cleveland could have done to to save it. Then the Sounders get a penalty. Handball. Not much of a handball, but, you know, at that point in the game, we were glad to see it called. I don't know what you're saying about this not being a handball. His arm is a but It's... Wow... While he doesn't have much time to react, his hand is in an unnatural position, and it's high up. Right, I'm just saying he, he didn't get a lot. I mean, it, it it didn't really affect the flight of the ball that much. He did. It does bounce off of his hand. It does affect the play. I'm just saying it's not one of these things where, you know, I don't know. If he'd been carrying a glass of water in his hand, it wouldn't have spilled very much of it with the amount of force that his arm put on the it, ball. It's true. It doesn't look... Um, it, 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 doesn't look like it, it, you know, even he when, could feel, we've seen it in slow-mo, right. but even like at original game speed, it felt like it was in slow-mo just because of how lame this whole yep. penalty was. Um, and then obviously the RSL keeper this year, he's faced a lot of backlash from other coaches about uh, like uh he punted a soccer ball into the Wonderwall in Minnesota, and Adrian Heath had a huge problem with that. He He's punted the soccer ball into other stadiums. So Raul uh, Ruiz takes the matter into his own hands of uh, dealing with that. First Penenka since 2014, um, which was against RSL. Do you know who did that? Um, Martin, we were at so the I game. Would be, I would guess. Who? Martin seems like somebody who might have tried it. Martin's was playing in that game. Anyway, clearly I don't know. It was not him. It was. It's our current assistant coach. That was Pineda. Okay. Uh, yeah, Martin's didn't really take penalties for the Sounders. In, uh, but I could imagine that would be because he always took Penenka's and people got tired of it. But it's true. But this was this was Pineda, and we we got to see his heart celebration. Um, but. Uh, and that was Raul Rodriguez's 50th goal for the Sounders, including playoffs. And what a goal it was. It's something that will always be remembered. He continues his march to try and catch Freddy Montero. Now, he did have one other uh, impact in uh, this game. Uh, and it's uh, something that... Uh, that most soccer fans uh, have a famous has no the, other soccer fans think of something kind of similar to it. It's Maradona's hand of God, and Raúl. Uh, wow, the Sounders uh, are one-one. I think it is. I believe it was when we were. Uh, 1-1, one, one. Um, punches the ball into the goal with his hand. Uh, thoughts on this play? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, it wasn't as deliberate. I mean, Rui Diaz is, is getting pushed in front of goal. It's hard to tell how intentional it was. You know, he accepted the, the yellow card with good spirits. Um, you know, hard to know what his choice would have been. Is there any chance the ball would have come down to his head if he just left it alone? Um, obviously a little silly, but, you know, not a play you can complain about successfully. Yeah, and it's a funny play because uh, at the beginning of it, like, he starts to celebrate. Um, 
and then he's making like a weird face uh because he's like why are they checking it and then at the end when he got a yellow card we saw his great smile he had like a big smile on his face like he knew what he was doing um so with that i think we could all laugh about it obviously in a world with var this is uh, always going to result in a yellow card. Right. In some ways, it seems back. like I mean, this it, is it doesn't new- really even yeah. deserve a yellow card because there's no way you can get away with it. You know, if what he was really trying to do was lean back enough that he could chest it in and he just couldn't get his arm all the way out of the way, you know, it's it's just such a stupid, deliberate play. It, yeah, it's true. It's, um, it, yeah, it is true. Like, was the yellow card useful? I almost think you don't really need to penalize it because it can't possibly succeed. You know, because anything where it touches the arm will get called back. Yeah, because with the new rule, which is a good rule, if it touches someone's hand unintentionally or intentionally, and, and goes into the goal, it's going to get, get called back, which yeah. is good. So, which means that there probably won't be any more um, hand of God moments uh, in this world, in the soccer world, now that we have VAR. However, uh, with this, this moves in. I We will now be taking a short break uh, for a segment, uh, a new segment uh, that I am calling uh, David Reacts, where Nat will show David a, a clip of something that has happened previously uh, that I am 80% sure he does not remember or has not heard of okay and we will hear what his reaction so this goes along with Roy Roy Diaz hand of God moment because this is in fact not the first time that he has done this and oh I think I saw that and he was successful in that he got rid of it so we're gonna go so uh we're gonna so I'm showing yes, David I believe I, I I have actually seen this play for Peru. Okay, so and this, this was, was in, this was in an earlier Copa America. This was in Copa America Centenario, so this was the one that was played in the U.S. So it had the. And how many years team. ago was this? It was in 2016, and it was before we had this sound. So he no, the, no VAR. Yeah, no VAR. But the referee is clearly listening to somebody. He no, he's just trying to listen to the fourth official and. And the um, and the the AR and this took like three minutes of the ref being next to the AR trying to decide what to call and there was no VAR so um, especially it's, it's, it's taking to too long. There. It's, yeah, it's taking too long. They didn't see it. So yeah, yes, they did not see the ball hit his hand. So. They have to go with the call on the field, which is unfortunate because in VAR, if they look at it, then they know that this is going to be a handball. Um, and uh, I see in this, you know, video replay, yeah. they're not actually showing a replay of it. Oh, yes. here's, here comes one. Yes. And and live, uh, and I watched this game live, and you, live, they didn't show it until after the refs had finished talking. Um, but... Then when they show it, you can clearly see it hits his uh, right. In the direction right it comes in, you can see there's no and way it's going in. Now we have the overhead look. So yep. we will put a link to this video uh, for for listeners to go and see this after. But that 
that goal eliminated Brazil from Copa America Centenario. And yes, as we said, as I already said, uh, VAR would a hundred percent have changed this. And yes, Raul was trying not to laugh. Um, and Peru went through. That game was at uh, Gillette um, in Foxborough, Mass. And that was two years before um, before the Sounders signed Raul. Um, but I, I rem- and I watched this game live. I do remember thinking. Uh, I do remember when I realized when we had the Sounders, and then sometime I was rewatching this because I thought that this whole play was funny, and I was like, "Is that Raul?" Because the commentators didn't know him either, since there's his MLS guys, he was in MLS. I was like, yep, that's Rahul. That is classic Rahul. And with that, that wraps up this segment of David Reacts. We will be back with more. Moving on, uh, uh, before we move on to the Vancouver game, as we look at the stats in this one, the Sounders did have... Uh, more possession in this game, 55% to 44%. And the Sounders uh, were clearly ahead in duos 1-52 to 40. So the Sounders controlled the game, and the Sounders definitely would have felt uh, like they deserved more if they didn't uh, pick up a winner for this game to remain at the top. Of the supporters shield standings. And the final. So now let's move on to the final game against Vancouver. Will Bruin. Again started just like. Against. Uh, uh, Real Salt Lake. Obviously we talked about Montero. Would come in later. Atencio also starts in place of. Of. Uh, Kellen Rowe. What did you think about. The lineup. For this game. Obviously, with Atencio coming back. Right, great to have Atencio back. Uh, Madronda starting on the bench, but coming back later. Um, and again, he's looks at he's looked he's looked um, excited, and he's someone who teams forgot about. And then he scored an amazing goal, uh, uh, which right. made it two two. And obviously, we would have liked the Sounders to to score one more. But I remember uh, after on the play. Um, after the, the, after the, the corner, I remember, I was just like, oh, he's going to hit this first time. And threw a lot of players, but it just, it's hit so well. Such a good goal uh, that he'll remember, uh, for a long time. But obviously Smith on the first goal, making a case for his inclusion in the team, um, contributing the assist. Yeah, uh. One of the first times in a long time, I I feel I definitely feel like uh, one of the reasons we've said Brad Smith has been the the weakest player on the team is because his crosses haven't been good. This was one of his first good crosses in a long time. It was uh, actually to a player. It wasn't behind or too far in front yeah. of someone, and that's what we liked. We we like to see and and obviously Brad, great Brad, to have competition at every position in the finishing. you know. In the ideal world, so people, players are challenging each other to do better. Unfortunately, Chicharito scored two goals 
on the same day as this one. So even though Ra- Raul right. scored one and was ahead of he fell Chicharito, behind in the in the Golden Boot race. He is currently behind by one goal. In the other important race that's going on, luckily uh, New England did not take advantage of our dropping two points to catch up on us. They dropped all three points themselves, so the Sounders still atop the supporters' shield. And it, the New England Revolution have not been good on the road, but the and uh, FC Dallas has been good on the road. Uh, no, has been good at home. The game was in Dallas, um, but still, FC Dallas um, is in. Uh, it, in, they're in 22nd place in the supporter shield race but there are only but they're only above Austin and Vancouver in the Western Conference um, so not playing well uh, but New but overall I mean I guess it, start you know, playing well shows on the, the importance of you know the sounders keeping the pressure on keeping that supporter shield advantage and trying to lock in home field advantage through the playoffs. Yes, the Revolution are 5-0-0 at home and 2-2-2 away. So, definitely much better at home this season. So, it remains to be seen if these will still be the top two, se- two teams remaining at the end of the season. But if they are, uh, we'd rather see that game in Seattle. Exactly. And Sounders remain, after this week, have remained the only team unbeaten in MOS. Now the streak of no goals allowed from open play does come to an end. But it is going to be the record that we'll we'll have to see how long um, it holds up. I believe Sporting Kansas City was the team uh, that had it last. So our two long records of the last time when we got 12 wins in a row or something or... Maybe it was less than that, but we took that from Casey, and I think it was the same time as this. Um, as con- uh, and it was it, it's over nine hundred minutes, not allowing a goal from um, from play. And honestly, let's be let's be honest, we still haven't allowed a good goal from open play, like the goals that were let in. Um, against Vancouver were so lame. Um, this was the first time out of the three games that Sissoko did not have a good game. Um, two errors. Obviously, Cleveland came out um, too fast and he couldn't do anything. And then um, Dehomey, uh just passed it into open net. And then obviously later, um, the, the, the Canadian... International um, uh, for Vancouver, uh, uh, Cavallini would would score uh, to make it two one. You know, somewhat messy goal, just kind of yeah, dropped it down off his own knee or toe and rolled it into the goal. Um, yeah, and it doesn't go in with much much pace, and obviously that this one was more Shane O'Neill. Um, Okay, I take it, but that I mean that goes lame just because he doesn't really get a touch on it and it just barely rolls into it. Um, but uh, that one's definitely 
more more it definitely sucks that the first goal that was scored on us in open play was an empty net um with Cleveland coming off his line but this is twice where Cleveland just came off his line Casey Casey Keller you gotta you gotta make you gotta tell him or, or Fry Fry you gotta tell the young goalkeeper that he's gotta stop doing this because uh that was not pretty uh, and he has cost us two goals uh this way um However, he did make a great save at the end of the first at the end of the first half. Dahomey, who looked very very good for Vancouver, um, really should have scored um, right before halftime and in one on one and Cleveland, yeah, doing a good job to reach out and stop him. Um, so, uh, I think we should. Uh, move on to the Sounders' next game, which is on July 4th on Independence Day against Colorado in Colorado. Colorado currently sits in 8th place in the Supporters' Shield standings. Um, they have been pretty good at home. They are 3 and 3 um Three one and zero at at home, and uh, obviously yeah they're in they're in eighth place so they're just about above the middle of the pack. Uh, what are you expecting uh, from the Sounders in this game? What do you expect for our lineup? What's your score prediction? Uh, how do you expect this game to go on Independence Day? I don't know a lot about how Colorado likes to play. You know, I guess we're not expecting a whole lot of changes. We're not going to see Arriaga back. It looks like uh, Nuhu won't be quite ready yet. Um, so we'll probably see much the same lineup that we've seen. Yeah, I would expect there to be no changes. I, I would. It seems like Atencio will start again. Um, it's and funny. We'll see if we Madranda re- and Smith alternate again. Yeah, um... I'm expecting Smith to to start again, and Madronda will come in about the same time. Um, and I and I'm also expecting Bruin to start, but it is at all, uh, uh, it is at altitude, so yeah. probably we should, so we should take advantage of those five subs. Uh, uh, and it's funny we didn't really talk much about Atencio um, in the Vancouver game, and I think part of that is. Because he was underwhelming, and that's only because he was just so good in those first two games. Well, but I think in all of them, it's because we're we're sort of less surprised. You know, he it's and true. he he and Roe have both. He still you know, played very. Neither well. of them are Ladero, but they've they've come in and you know done an excellent job in the center, and they you know they don't look out of place in the team there. Yeah, definitely seems very mature. Um, what is your score prediction for this game against Colorado? I will go with 2 nothing, uh, with the Sounders getting goals from uh, Bruin and Christian Roldan. I'm going to say 3-1. Uh, I'm going to say Bruin and Roy Diaz will score 2. Um, hopefully that's enough to put him ahead of Chicharito. Um so, uh, 
the press shuts up, well, they're not going to shut up. They're not going to shut Chicharito, up. But and they'll still be predicting yeah. LAFC to you know, win gonna, the treble. And they're still going to say that. Um, they're still going to say that Chicharito um, is MVP candidate. Um, it was just announced uh, yesterday that with the at the MOS All Star Game, which this year, um, like last year. Uh, they were going to do League MX All-Stars versus MOS All-Stars. They will be doing... Um, there would they, they did it once before in 2019. They did a skills showdown, um, which is like the NFL and what the NBA has done. And they're doing it again. It's, it will be eight MOS Stars versus eight League MX Stars. And they've already announced that Chicharito and Carlos Vea will, will be all be, eight of the players. Will be on. Will be two of the MOS players. Um, those are the only two that have been announced. Um, obviously, uh, so far, so far, uh, the last time there was an All Star game, no Sounders were selected. This was in. That was in 2019. Um, and at that time, um, we were like, the teams were like, um, we were like, okay, maybe it's a good thing. No one has to travel to Orlando. No one's going to get tired. Um, and this time it's on August, it's on August 25th. So it would be before a doubleheader, the doubleheader of Sounders the versus, uh, the timbers and the rain versus the thorn. So it's it would come at a, a time, but obviously this time it does seem like some sounders are going to go. So if a sounder gets selected to the All Star game, uh, who do you think should be in the skills showdown or the All Star game at this point? Well, you know, if you listen to the commentators, I'm sure it's a choice between Jordan Morris and Clint Dempsey. So, um, you know, if either of them are available, you know, if they're not, then they'll just, you know, put Vela in again. No, but uh, specifically Sounders, who do you think deserves to go to the All-Star game? Because while it is a popularity contest, because I'm I'm pretty sure that right. it's so still going to be I mean, fan votes. I guess the question is for a stills contest, you know, the Sounders don't really have a player who's who's like... Chicharito in terms of in terms of those skill things, you know. It's, yeah, it's true. Like Montero like would say, "Yeah, count. I could do this, but now I don't anymore." Jao yeah, Paulo like, would go like, "Wait, do these goals count?" Well, then why would I why would I show you my shot? Yeah, so like with the commentary, the with the events that they're having, there's like a there's um like a crowd like a cross. Um, in the same way they have like the slam dunk contest at the NBA, one of the competitions is someone on the team crosses it in, and then you get somebody you, else goes off a trampoline and does a triple flip and then heads it home. Well, you get points based on how you finish it. Okay. Um, like they do the dunks, they have like people score them. Uh, so that's one of the things, and they also are going to do crossbar challenges, and there's going to be a precision passing passing thing and uh, precision shooting thing. You have to shoot specific so, I mean, targets. I'll of- be interested to see it because some of the times when you know, when ML- when any professional soccer player appears merely human, you know, you forget it's because they have somebody so much faster than we are 
you know, chasing them and pressuring them on every defensive play. Yeah, I think you know, it's going to so be fun. Getting to see what they can do, you know, when they actually have the time to think about it and try to do something tricky yeah. uh, with no risk that they're going to miss an important shot. Um, anyway, interesting to see. I'm not sure who the Sounders will send. Yeah, I don't think the Sounders will get any, will have any players in the skills showdown pretty much because there are, because it will be the, like the popular people. So I'm, I'm expecting people like, Nani, uh, and uh, the other big, maybe like half of Inter Miami. I don't know <laughs> all those, all those. Maybe you know, Beck, maybe Beckham will will say <laughs> say and I'll, I'll be on the MOS team. But you know, also maybe Ladero. It's will true. Be, we'll be back around for that. Yeah, it's true. We, we don't know if he'll be back um, before then, or hopefully he's back soon. Um, with now, uh, before obviously on July first, the summer transfer window is going to open. Do you think you the Sounders have usually made a summer signing? Right now, we have three DPS in Nadero, Paulo, Roy Diaz. Is there anywhere that you think we might be looking this? Next window? Maybe we should, you know, use a second slot for an extra team physician. Seems like a, a, a good idea with with how we're going. Uh, the only thing I might say would maybe be right back. The only player who doesn't have someone, like, behind him is Alex Rodon. And Alex Rodon is good. And Christian can play there. Soon to be international can play there. It's for a, the Gold Cup, Alex Rodon. So he may miss some games as part of that. So that's another thing. We'll probably see Kellen Rowe. Um, Coming in as right back. Playing right back for some sorts of games. It, it's going to be interesting since, obviously, Christian Rodon, he got called up. Not We don't know if he's going to the Gold Cup yet. Um, but uh, he might be, so uh, we'll see. We'll have to see if more youngsters get to play. More but, yeah. tests for the Sounders' depth here. But if anyone, if anyone's going to get signed, it definitely seems more of um, a right back or a midfielder. It's not. It doesn't seem like we need any goals. Um, for the actual All Star game, um, I could see Christian Rodon getting called up for that game, and I could also see Roy Diaz. And maybe Yamar. Those are like, or, oh, actually, not Yamar. New Who. Um, if it's a fan vote, I'm putting New Who in. New, everyone loves New Who. I, New Who for the All Star. New Who for President. Let's go. Um, moving away from the All Star game, we made our predictions about the Colorado game. That game is July 4th in Colorado. Make sure. You watch that game. Before we wrap this up, quickly, we have to touch on the Euros. We're going to just do a, a fast uh, a fast five of some uh, an important stuff. It's been a good tournament. Quick, quick thoughts. Thoughts on the... Most dramatic event of the whole tournament. Christian Eriksen going down. He is okay, but very scary. What were your thoughts? That's true. That uh, yeah, cost cast a pall over the uh, over the tournament at the beginning. I tried hard not to watch the many replays of the incident. Um, 
you know, very scary. Obviously, it happened on the on the field right there. A big, a big, uh, you know, blow for the home fans. Um, shows shows everyone reminding everyone that the players are human, and only twenty nine. Former Spurs player, very happy to hear that he is okay. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if he... We'll, we'll see if he ends up playing again. Can make a full recovery. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in, in happier news, you know, nice to see... Denmark um, going, going far. Lots of, well, I was going to say overall, lots of goals in the tournament. Very few uh, nil-nil draws. You know, less of the... KG bunkering that you sometimes see in these knockout competitions. Yes, every game really has been entertaining. Uh, this moves on to the second thing from this tournament. Uh, the Golden Boot leader right now is the own goal. There has been more own goals than one player scoring a goal and scoring goals this tournament. Now they won't. That now obviously they can't give it. They'll give it. I don't think uh, it's fair to combine all the own goals under one player, but but it's true. You know, a sign of lots of def- lots of pressure on the defenses. Another stat that's uh, f- interesting is there has been the most uh, penalty misses or 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 saved. Um, in a year that there have been the most out of any Euros this year, which is a crazy stat. And this is excluding penalty. This is excluding the, excluding the, the penalty shootouts. shutouts. You're saying just um, the- just a lot of saves or, or misses. Um, and do you think you can blame fun. that on the the pitch, or are goalkeepers just getting too good and too tall? Yeah. Are we going to have to make the goal bigger or nerves, move the move the penalty spot up to seven it's, yards? It's good, uh, especially. With how gi- how much of a gimme that the sh- it can be, sometimes um, other things. Uh, They're gonna have to start tying the keeper's shoelaces together before they take the shot. Um, exactly. Um, we've seen upsets, of course, obviously, and big teams going out. Portugal is out. Um, France, France is, is out. out. Germany is out. Uh, and. Like we said, Denmark's going far. Netherlands is also out. The Czech Republic, uh, uh, Patrick Schick, scored might might have scored the goal of the tournament from half field uh, against against Scotland. Um, that uh, the pretty much the only boring game was the England Scotland game, and that was the game that so many people thought was going to be great. Um, which is a little bit ironic um, that it did not end up that way. Um, but now, obviously, there's probably there's an easier side of the bracket. Yeah. Um, but who are you rooting for uh, uh, out of the teams that are left, obviously? So we got Italy, we got Belgium, we got England. I'm still an England fan. Um, it's coming home for you. You know, I I just you know would like to see like to see Kane out there. Unfortunately, um, no more Sounders. Former Sounders are are left as Gustav Svensson eliminated against Ukraine. You know, you think about what could a what could a United Kingdom super team have done if they could have united England, Scotland, and Wales under one team. 
I think they would, would have Gareth been, Bale probably have done more been harm the than same. Good. Probably would have been the same um, as it was how he's doing. Honestly, I don't even think Gareth Bale would get into the the England lineup. Not, nothing he seems really to have a hard changed. time getting into the Chelsea lineup. So. Uh, you mean the, Sp- the Spurs you, lineup. You meant yeah. Spurs, yeah. and obviously his future is uh, questionable um, right now. Um, yeah. I'm rooting for England uh, as well. Hopefully, especially we don't know. Don't know if Harry Kane will be with Spurs moving forward. Um, but if not, um, if he is, um, then I hope he especially wins this trophy. Because um, unclear if that we will win something. This year, or and if he doesn't, uh, I expect him, especially moving on. But anyway, moving on from Harry Kane, um, yes, we are rooting for England. But if an underdog pulls it out, who's who's gonna complain? You always gotta be have, rooting for the underdogs. And Do you have any dark horse picks? You know who's the. The, the side that you think has a chance to overperform and make it to the final? Um, I I do think the Denmark-Czech Republic game is going to be really interesting. Both of the teams are playing really well. Um, Denmark played really well in their last couple games. Um, Czech Republic um, eliminated the Netherlands. Um, so I think that game is going to be really exciting. Um, especially... If Denmark could uh, keeps going and makes it to the the semifinals, um, and and then maybe maybe they eliminate England um, uh, after all that happened and UEFA forcing them to play um, or or threatening them to, or or trying to make them forfeit. Um, UEFA is just so evil. Just decides they they get involved the wrong times, and it's amazing that they were the people that everyone liked them for a short amount of time during this Super League fiasco. Um, but yeah, that would be that would be very story to uh, right out of a fairy tale of Denmark. Goes for it. Final thought about the Euros. Obviously, England. They're doing well, but they've played all their games at Wembley. Their next game will be in Italy, but I don't think this is fair. What do you think about all, a bunch of the teams getting to play at home for yeah, most it, of their it, games? It, you know, obviously... Most um, tournaments have a host country, but, like, this is different. Obviously, it's amazing that the um, UEFA organizers managed to get the whole tournament to you know, go off with so many different venues and so many different jurisdictions and get, you know, not as many fans as we would like to see, but tens of thousands of fans at just about every game. Um, But yeah, I mean, it does seem like it was, you know, some countries got to play two or three games in front of their home fans, uh, which, you know, definitely seems um, unfair. Um, You know, but it is what it is. Lots of uh, lots of random bounces in the game of soccer. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's uh, it's fair. Um, so we'll this see is the, now what yeah, England can do off of their home field, obviously. This uh, is the only year where it makes sense because of and you want to limit 
the travel uh, for for fans as much as possible. Uh, but uh, we'll be interested to see what happens uh, at the end of the Euros uh, as the quarterfinals start up in the next couple of days. But uh, also in the next couple of days, July 4th, the Sounders playing the Colorado Rapids for that game. Keep your scarves up. <laughs>